Hey tryhards, Ethan here. Before we get into the show today, I want to talk to you guys about Patreon. Patreon is a donation service, a monthly subscription service where you donate money to me to support the show, to support uh, the growth of it, whether that means merchandise or more podcasts or other things of that nature. And I would really appreciate if you guys would be willing and able to give just a little bit of whatever extra money you may have. Because while the show will always be free for everyone to listen, um, the way to make it isn't. And I'm in college, and things are expensive. So I'd appreciate any little amount that you're able to give. So thank you for donating, and thank you even more for listening. Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories. The true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Tryhard. I am Ethan Hewlin, and this week, it's a very special week because I am doing double uploads for this week. This is the first of two episodes that I'll be doing on coping mechanisms. Be sure to check out the follow-up to this that will also be posted today. So, that being said, let's get right into it. Because of the times we live in, and I hate that I have to bring that up a lot, we are dealing with a unhealthy amount of stress on a daily basis. And as a result, a lot of us have turned to several things to help us get through the hard times. So let's talk about it. People get through hard times in a bunch of various ways that are varying levels of effective and destructive, and these things are called coping mechanisms. I'm sure you have yours, I have mine, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But this first episode is mainly going to be talking about a broad range of coping mechanisms and how they can affect you. I have an article in front of me from the uh, Cleveland Clinic, I can put it in the show notes, um, that's going to go over a few of the coping mechanisms that I'm going to be describing. Started things off nice and easy, we've got quality sleep. Now, I love sleep just as much as the next guy, and let me tell you, I can't get enough of it. Uh, but sleep is something that can be either really good or really bad, because um, I personally, on the days that I've felt the most down in the dumps, are days when I haven't wanted to get out of bed. Um, So moderation, I believe, is key when it comes to sleep, like many things. When it's done right, sleep can be very helpful. Uh, As uh, this article from the UK's mental health website says, um, sleep is as important to our health as eating, drinking, and breathing. It allows our bodies to repair themselves and our brains to consolidate our memories and process information. And I think the, the latter half of that sentence is something that needs to be addressed a little bit more because because according to this article in Atlantic who cites a study from UC Berkeley, sleep is a way for people who have PTSD to help work through their trauma. And that's why 
uh, I don't think it just applies to um, PTSD necessarily, though I believe that it is very helpful for those of us who have suffered from trauma in the past. I know I have, probably not to the extent that some people have, and that's it's something that I believe I still need to work through. Now, what I'm not saying is that having good dreams will solve your problems because you don't really have any control over that. But what I am saying is that in order to help work through that, uh, like the first part of that sentence said, is to heal your body and to process information. As far as healing ourselves goes physically, that definitely stands to reason when people are sick, they tend to sleep more, so that way their body can do more work uh, to itself in order to get better. I very briefly touched on the fact that sleeping too much can make you more depressed instead of helping you with uh, whatever you're going through, and that is also true. You, as, as people, we need to be able to get up and move around and be able to use our bodies and generate what are these things called? Endorphins. That's right. Which leads me to my next coping mechanism, exercise. I know that we have to work with what we have right now, um, but even going on a walk for half an hour a day can do uh, amazing things for you. Uh, that's that's really how I got through the first couple of months of of the pandemic, was I went on for two-hour-plus walks every day. I know not everybody has that kind of time, but even a little bit helps. Like, whatever you can do will help uh, your mental state and really just... Well, endorphins are the, the happy hormone. They they generally improve your mood. They give you a higher pain tolerance, and they give you a, a sense of euphoria, which is why either if you know this feeling personally or you've heard this, you, you hear people saying it hurts really good after they have had a long exercise session at the gym or, were, or coming back from a run or something like that. That's the the good hurt, is those endorphins. Because sure, yeah, you are in pain, but you're also getting the benefits of those endorphins. And there are certain exercises, especially aerobic exercises, that are a bit better for you uh, when it comes to releasing those endorphins. Things like biking, dancing, gardening, golf, jogging, tennis, swimming, walking, yard work, and yoga. Yes, those are in alphabetical order. I am reading off of a list. Going back to my example, I went on really long walks. They kind of turned into hikes just based on the terrain that I was going on. Um, but it gave me, well, one, it gave me time to listen to podcasts, which is a gift in and of itself because it wasn't driving anywhere. Uh, and it also gave me time to think, time to process things, and time to be one with nature. And nature is another thing um, that I'm not going to quite get into quite yet because I have other plans for that. Um, but nature in and of itself is a way to help alleviate uh, some of the symptoms of, well, depression. Because when you're inside all the time, we get, to put it colloquially, cabin fever. 
not speaking of that, uh, let's move on to our next uh, coping mechanism, which is taking vacations away from home and work. Now, again, like I said, that's kind of difficult at the present time. But there are other ways that you can get away from home and work, which is why I decided to do those hikes every day during those first couple of months, and after that I substituted it with other things, but in the end it all served the same purpose of getting me away from things that were stressing me out, and in a way providing me with healthy isolation. And were this not a pandemic, I really am starting to hate that word. I know, we're almost a year in, and I'm only now starting to hate it. Vacations are a wonderful thing. Um, my family never really got the chance to go on a lot of vacations when I was younger, at least not um, not for very long and not for very far. Like, we would go... Um, occasionally, we'd go down to a local lake for the weekend. Um, but actually, um, a, here's a good story. Uh, when I was probably 15, yeah, that sounds right, uh, I went to Colorado for the first time. For those of you that don't live in the U.S., Colorado is one of, like, the tantamount tourist destinations for um, going hiking or skiing or just general outdoor mountain-related activities. It's a place that I've wanted to go for a very long time, but I'd never had the chance just because my family didn't have the money. Um, but one summer, um, my grandparents decided to take basically my whole, my mom's whole side of the family to Colorado for a week, which was super fun. Uh, I got to do one of my favorite things in the world, hike, as I mentioned earlier, um, in Rocky Mountain National Park with my uncle. And, well, with the rest of the family, but some of them don't care for the outdoors as much as me. Um, but that's still one of my favorite memories I have of going on vacation, because it really kind of separated me from all the things I had going on back home, which, looking back, were nowhere near as many as there are now. But even at 15 years old, there were still things that were weighing on me. And having the ability to separate myself from that was a very powerful experience. Something else that's helpful is taking brief rest periods during the day to relax. Now, I don't know if you listener are like me, but I am someone who likes to get everything done all at the same time. And that can lead to very long nights and very intense um, in my case, study sessions, uh, where I try to cram everything into my head at the same time, usually yields mixed results. I know, it's something I need to work on. And having the ability to break those periods up over time is something that has been very helpful, it's been something I've been very intentional about. It's a sort of reset button, you could say by um, 
for those of you that practice meditation, it's a way to center yourself. Getting away from things that are stressing you out, things that you need to do, and just, just breathing in and out and being able to kind of gather your focus and be able to get done what needs to be done. Now, I will come clean and say that most of the time my breaks involve from me switching from doing one thing on a screen to doing something else on the same screen, which probably isn't as helpful as it could be. Um, but in my experience, it has been at least somewhat helpful, though other things like getting up and walking around for a bit or talking to people, those are all things that have been uh, proven to be helpful when recentering yourself. My mom operates on the 50-10 rule, where she does 50 minutes of work and then takes a 10-minute break in order to calm herself down. That's something that I probably should do, uh, but honestly, it's going to take a lot of convincing for my brain to adjust to that, and I'll probably have to update you all on that if I see any progress in that regard, but it's an admirable goal to strive for, that is for sure. You can also create kind of a carrot and stick mentality for yourself to um, prompt yourself to take a break, like being able to get a snack or being able to reward yourself with time on YouTube. That's what I do. Um, And that really... Uh, enables me to kind of not necessarily power through it, though it definitely feels like that sometimes, uh, to be able to get through uh, whatever I'm doing so that way I can do what I want to do in just a little bit longer. And when you see the process as little chunks, as opposed to one giant thing that you have to get through all within a certain amount of time, that is something that, at least for me, calms my anxiety and makes it seem a bit easier. It's like, oh, I can do this. It's, it's like when I was in high school and I was in a class that I didn't want to be in, I would say, okay, it's 40 more minutes left. That's 20 minutes two times. 10 minutes four times. Five minutes eight times. And breaking that down into more manageable chunks makes it seem like I just gotta get through one chunk at a time. It may not be, uh, I may not get through this big chunk, but I can get through the small chunk and another small chunk and another small chunk and another small chunk after that, which uh, eventually gets us through whatever we're doing at the time. Listeners, this is where I'm going to uh, stop with part one. Um, go ahead and check out part two. It should already be up um, where I discuss some more of the coping mechanisms and uh, go into a little bit more detail about how they've affected me personally. So, um, that being said, uh, thank you for listening to this episode of True Stories of a Tryhard. You can find me on Instagram at ethan.t.hewlin. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at True Stories Pod. The best way to get the word out about podcasts is via word of mouth and social media. So please, please, please 
Share this with your friends, share it on your social media, and if you post it in some way and tag me, you will get featured on the official podcast accounts. And please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I would very much appreciate it. I will see you in part two. And until then, this is Ethan Hewlin signing off. Mm